She stepped forward without looking at me, as if stealing her resolve, and then it happened. Her left leg, so badly mangled years ago in the car accident that had claimed her parents' lives, caught on the threshold at the rear of the stage. My world seemed to grind down into a vision of agonizing slow motion. I saw her start to fall forward, trying desperately to cradle her guitar. I heard the audience gasp in horror, such an abrupt shift from their loud applause only a moment ago in time. Before I was aware of the conscious thought to do anything, I lunged forward, roughly inserting my hand under her right arm to prevent her fall. While she had been rescued, her guitar was not so lucky, eluding her last second protective grab and slipping to the floor with a loud clunk, causing yet another gasp from the guests. I quickly bent over and picked it up, inspecting it for any damage before I handed it back to Violetta. To my surprise, her guitar survived its fall with not even a scratch in sight. However, Violetta's psyche was another story. She just stood there, staring through her guitar, unsure what to do next. I placed my arm around her waist from behind, steadying her, and guided her to the seat awaiting her at stage front. I was totally conscious of the murmurs coming from the audience. People were standing craning their necks to get a better look at what was going on in front of their incredulous eyes. The lighting technician must have been equally confused and unsure of protocol, for he dimmed the stage lights in his confusion and brought the house lights back up to full. Once I had Violetta seated, I got down on one knee, blocking view of her from the audience as much as possible, and looked directly into her eyes. Violetta. I'm here for you, I whispered as reassuringly as possible. I will be your strength. Lean on me, for I'll never let you down. A tentative smile, intended for me only, but seen by many others as well, cracked through the tears she couldn't seem to hold back. Seeing that, the audience began a slow, rhythmic applause, which built in intensity when the lighting tech realized this must be his unseen cue to dim the house lights and raise the stage lights back to full brilliance. This show would go on after all. As I stood back up and turned to face the audience, I was struck as if by a slap in the face that Violetta hadn't executed her usual habit of silently mouthing words of comfort to herself, unheard by all except her intended parental recipients in another world. This, after all, had become her tradition before performing, and her failure to remain true to procedure, no matter how strange it might seem to anyone else, was not a good omen. I knew that Violetta would need at least a few moments to gather her wits and focus her energies, my sack securely attached to its neck strap and hanging safely in front of me, I took the microphone in hand, placing my left hand in my pocket in a typical gesture of casual confidence. To my surprise, I felt a wad of paper crinkling from my touch, realizing I had neglected to remove Lenny D's note and $100 bills after last night's show. I think I even smiled at the absurdity of the moment. Ladies and gentlemen, I began, Thank you so much for coming to hear Violetta and me perform this evening. 
I hope you've had as much fun as we have, for we thoroughly enjoyed playing for you. So thank you again, and please drive home safely. I turned back to Violetta, tugging on her arm in a comic gesture of attempting to drag her off stage against her will. Despite my lame attempt at stalling with a bit of vaudevillian humor, the audience responded with dead silence. They didn't get it. I stood totally still, the emperor without his clothes, heartbeat pounding in my ears, my lips responding with an uncomfortable self-protective attempt at a smile. Violetta apparently had decided to rescue me this time, for she began strumming her guitar lightly behind me. My first thought was to get down on my hands and knees and thank her for saving me from the abject embarrassment I had brought upon myself. My second thought was the realization that she was leading us into lush life as the first song of the evening. I felt an overwhelming dread, spiraling down into a bottomless vortex, totally out of control, out of sync, and at the mercy of forces beyond my comprehension. When Violetta began singing the introspective introduction to lush life, her voice quivered nervously, searching in vain for the meaning in the words she was mouthing from habit, not emotion. It was wrong. Everything about tonight was wrong. Playing this song now was wrong, for it was Violetta's undisguised attempt at escape from the moment, casting away any hope of an emotional performance in search of a journey that was not to be offered for the wrong reason. I closed my eyes, knowing that any rescue this night would have to come from me. Violetta was just not up to it. In the middle of her tortured introduction, I jumped in assertively with an I'll take it from here attitude, letting her know she need not sing again until ready. She settled into a thankful if not pleasant accompaniment behind me, realizing that on this evening, I would be the one bearing the burden of performance. Little by little, I found a comfortable musical groove despite the shaky start of the evening. As the notes began cascading from my old sax without need of conscious thought or planning, the only emotion in my mind was the remembrance of playing this very song at Trumpet Man's funeral so many years ago. In my dreams, I endlessly relived those final moments. I can't say that I saw fear in his eyes in those last seconds, Rather, I sensed profound confusion, as if his mind was spinning out of control with his last-second plea, smothered by lack of oxygen. No, no, wait, I'm not ready yet. At the time of his death, I was too numb even to cry. No matter how hard I tried to force the tears, they wouldn't come. Mona had insisted I perform Lush Life at his funeral, just my solo tenor without accompaniment. There I had stood, saxophone in hand, in front of all those who had loved him so dearly. Mona leaned close and whispered in my ear, confiding that trumpet man often told her that my rendition of that classic song was his favorite, and she was sure he would have wanted me to play it for him. As I raised the horn to my lips that day, the tears finally arrived, rolling down my face uncontrollably. To this day, I can't remember a single note I played, but everyone who was there told me it was the most soulful rendition of lush life they had ever heard. 
For me, he had never left. To this day, I still expect he'll sashay into my next gig, trumpet in hand, eager and ready to share his own gift with me.